Hello and welcome to the Postwatch Blues podcast by broadly-pacific.com. I'll be your moderator, Bonan Shamsu. Joining me this episode is uh, Andika Pialat, Natasha Julian, and Pia Diamandis. This is the BS Film Club, a series of talks and conversations with fellow film lovers and other special guests. Uh, this week we'll be we'll be discussing horror cinema or just horror in general, perhaps. Uh, I guess we can just start right away, I suppose, with some self introductions. Uh, just in case this is your first episode, maybe we can introduce reintroduce our guests and maybe introduce our new guests as well. Uh, Natasha, can you uh, start? Yes. Hello, my name is Natasha. I'm just a corporate slave who loves horror movies and unfortunately got disturbed by real ghosts sometimes. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pia, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm the resident Instagram scroller and I guess joke dealer. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nika, go ahead. Uh, hey, everyone. My name is Nika, but my dad called me disappointment. So, yay. <laughs> no, yeah. Nika, I, I want to bring up an introduction that Nika did on the first, uh, on the first, oh wait, not the pilot episode of the podcast where he was like, hi, my name's Nika, but everyone calls me Dick. <laughs> oh, I thought that joke didn't land, so I just kind of stay quiet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, yeah, and uh, yeah, just to introduce myself again, myself again, I'm your moderator. It's a fancy title, but yeah, I'm Bondan. Uh, yeah, I, I I run the website, I guess. I run broadly specific, uh, but I am not the horror connoisseur for this episode. I, I'm joined by. Natasha and Pia, who will be <laughs> our core <laughs> connoisseurs, will <laughs> now it's fine. Uh, yeah, I guess we can perhaps just start the episode right away. Really, since we're just talking about horror cinema or just horror in general at some point. So, yeah, I guess uh, to anyone who will who would want to answer, like even Dika and Natasha and Pia. Uh, How would you how would you define horror? Like this like this what is horror to you to you people? Anyone want to answer? Uh, I think uh, when I define horror, I mean as a as a teenager, when I was a teenager, I used to define horror as this movie that movies that are going to scare me because I know I'm gonna see like a bunch of ghosts in a you know, wrap around a jump scare or whatever. But as I grow up, I've seen that opinion, I guess, kind of fade away. Because I think that I know that a lot of horror films, uh, especially in this modern age, just kind of step away from being too, I think, ghost-centric and kind of delves into this psychological realm. So yeah, I think horror films. I think to put it simply, I think I would define horror films as something as a, as a film that would just scare me. I guess. I'm not yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the uh, the usual answer. But like, yeah, definitely something that is 
quite valid in how one would define horror. Uh, anyone else? Like Natasha? Like you, you're the new guest? Like do you, do you... <laughs> no pressure, but nope. yeah, yeah, well... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you see, okay, you, you, you in your self introduction, there, there was also an interesting part about you being able to see ghosts or something. So maybe that's <laughs> yeah. part of your definition. Well, maybe not really that different. It's just like a scary movie that will haunt my sleep for days. But now I see it as an entertainment to mm. challenge my adrenaline. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so it's just it's a bit like like looking at horror new horror films. It's a bit like searching for new highs, right? <laughs> The new highs yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty valid. Pia, what do you think? What do you, you have any thoughts on it? I think I think I pretty much agree with what I just said. Um, for me, the horror genre is kind of all about finding new highs. Like I think we can also touch right. upon like what are your like what are my favorite parts of the horror genre? Like, I prefer those that are very imaginative, uh, creature flicks, supernatural horror, where you can really go crazy and be creative with. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is that's scaring you, instead of those that are more grounded in reality, like psychological horror or stuff. Ah, I see, I see. Okay, actually, just to start, just maybe, yeah, you brought an interesting point, but maybe just to just so that the listeners can have a better picture of what we are as horror fans. Okay, I'm not a horror fan. I'm I'm a pretty, pretty, yeah. I'm not I'm not very knowledgeable on horror, but like you people, like just to start. Like, what's your favorite horror film? Just to start, yeah, yeah. Just what's your favorite horror film? Like, just one film or like uh, several films? Anyone? Um, <laughs> maybe um, I can start. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite horror film? Yeah, so many. Yeah, so many. So many. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Okay, pick like. Heart. Three or five. It doesn't have to be like you know the top three or top five, but like just five or three. So it's not. It's not. It doesn't have to be ranked. But like well, you know, well, if you have to pick a horror film, like horror films to to bring to a deserted island or something, what would you bring? <laughs> Why would we bring? <laughs> just hypothetical, you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Pia. Yeah. Just start with you, Pia. What do you think? Oh, you know what? That's a, that's a really <laughs> Dika. Just 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 um, bumping out of what you just said. Um, actually, not that I. We've been reading this um, manga series called uh, Fire Punch. Oh, And right. I, I thought you were going to answer Pun Pun. <laughs> not Pun Pun. No, no. But but Fire Punch is set in a post-apocalyptic world, and there's this one character called Togata, and and she. She's um, she has, so she's been around for like around I, I think 300 years, and the most disappointing thing for her in this post-apocalyptic world is that there's no more films, there's no DVDs left whatsoever. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, just just something that popped up in my head. Um, however, also related to my about... desert, desert island idea, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, right. Okay. So, what's your favorite horror film? So you'll miss it when it's gone, folks. Right. <laughs> um, my favorite. I mean, just at the top of my head, I have The Untamed 
by or La Rion Salvaje by Amal Escalante. That's 2016. I also always say Martyrs, 2008. Ah, um, uh, yeah, you told me about that one. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love it so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are recently. Yeah, or, those, those oh, are more? my, my first more? two. Um, others at the top of my head is Layona, the not the big production one, the 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 small production one. Layona by Jairo Bustamante. That's that's also really good. So those are my three. <laughs> uh, those are yeah, those seem like very yeah, great answers. I guess I, I to be honest, I haven't watched any of them. So uh, I yeah, I'll take your word that they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what about you, Natasha? Well, what I have in my head right now mm-hmm. uh, is the Direct Me to Hell by Sam Raimi. Oh, yeah, if what? you ever watch it. Oh, yeah, because, oh, oh. Yes. What was it? Sorry? I feel like... Uh, the Direct Me to Hell. Ah, okay. Yeah, because... I don't know, even after all those years, like, it still creeped me to death. The character design and everything, it's just... Wow. And also the Insidious series, but I guess this one is quite biased because for from my perspective personally, they are able to capture this whole thing about the other side hmm. really uh, similar to the real ones I see. So I was like, dude, can you see ghosts or what? Why is this so similar? And that's why I got attached to the series a lot. Okay, we we need to address the fact that you can see ghosts yeah. later, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's fine. It's, uh, it will make an interesting discussion later. But yeah, Dika, what, what about you? Oh, uh, I think uh, on top of my head, I think I really enjoy watching Evil Dead 2. Hmm, okay. I, th- I think it's because it's just so goofy and it was built as a horror movie, but I wasn't scared at all. It was just so hilarious. I yeah, think. yeah. <laughs> and the prosthetics and whatnot. So, yeah, I think on top of Love that, it. If you, yeah, if you were to, because I'm not the one who like who like to watch horror films that scare me. I guess I like the, right. the ones that entertain me in a way that Evil Dead Two mostly did to me. You know, it was funny and hilarious at the same time. Ah, uh, wait! In Evil Dead, too, it, that's Sam Raimi, or was it? Or was it? Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. 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 Uh, okay. I, I'm not. I'm not very. I'm not as cultured as these people, so I, I don't have a lot of selections. But uh, I guess my favorite is. I guess uh, the the ones that that left a lot of like uh, the biggest impression on me was Candyman, like so just yeah Candyman. I guess like just the, the... recent one or the no old one? no I haven't watched the recent one. I, I would love oh. to watch the recent one, but uh, yeah the old one with Tony Todd, uh, like the actor. Oh. Yeah, he, he, like he, he was just so charismatic as the slasher villain, and the, the score like the soundtrack is actually pretty good as well. And just like the whole visuals and the idea that, uh, yeah, it's like folk folklore horror. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But yeah, we can discuss that later. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that sets the tone on what kind of horror that uh, our panelists here likes to watch. 
All right, with with our panelists talking, have talked about their favorite horror films. Now we can kind of move on to uh, just th- what they know about like horror history, like horror cinema history. I think that this question may may belong to Pia at first. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Pia seems to be the, the, the authority of this thing. No, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. No pressure. But like, what do you like, what do you know about like like just like just the history of horror cinema? Like, I don't know. Um. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you want me to be textbooky, <laughs> I think I think horror cinema owes a lot to obviously um, in the early days to um, uh, what do you call them? The German expressionists. You know, with her, the, the golem. Uh, the, I'm not it? even or... sure. I'm uh, the golem. <laughs> I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. The golem. It's a 19. Yeah, the golem in 19. It's a 1920 film. Oh, and of course, like, there there yeah, was also. Film? Yeah, yeah, and there was also another oh, one, no, Dr. Is it, is it, Caligari. It, right. right? So it's the same. You're talking about German the German expressionist movement, then. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So uh, so they they sort of started it, and from from then on. Uh, you know, horror film history. Horror is actually a very reactive genre. It's it's one of the genres that you know can quickly get produced, and they actually react a lot to society and and what what are the things that are scaring society at that time. So, in the 1920s, you know, we were talking about the Great Depression uh, and stuff like that, and so people, it, it was it was a very like reality, human related. Fault <laughs> where people kind of saw that you know after the industrial revolution, eh, it's not really capitalism isn't really that great. So they were kind of like, oh no, you know, we they were looking for ways for escapism basically, and so there were a lot of these creature flicks, like uh, yeah. So so we had Nosferatu. Yeah, right, right, right. All that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so so that that's sort of how. Has has always been, and even with recent history coming out of, with COVID nineteen, some of the very first films to actually reflect and and into the current situation, you know, came from the horror genre. With the host, <laughs> we were just talking about, for instance, it's on Shutter and it's Zoom horror films or on Zoom with your friends, and there's like a, a spirit that hops through the different Zoom channels. So. Yeah. What else is there to talk about horror? Right. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. Horror, horror cinema is like always tied to like what's what what gets people anxious at the time. Yeah. Uh, right. That's yeah, true. Yeah. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. I guess I think that's one of our like later topics as well on like just yeah yeah like we'll talk about it later but like just like. How horror, uh, maybe not not it, it hasn't it, it didn't start recently, but certainly recently there's a lot of horror that kind of plays into like social anxiety, like the yeah the general social uh, zeitgeist and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, talking about uh, film history, like horror film, horror cinema history, I hear that Nata here actually knows a lot about Indonesian uh, horror cinema history 
And I mean, like, you know, we have a lot of, in, well, not a lot, but like we, we have some international audience here and there. So they might want to know about Indonesian horror cinema history. And we have a lot of Indonesian listeners as well. So uh, they might want, they, they, even they want, might want to know about Indonesian horror cinema history. So yeah, Nata, Natasha, what, what can you, what can you tell us about that? Okay, well, maybe I don't know that much, but as far as I can remember, the 90s and early 2000s Indonesian horror closely related or labeled as erotic movie, where they often do sexual objectification of women. And right, I yeah. think as time goes by and also driven by the audience demand of good quality movies, they started to have horror movies uh, seri- uh, more seriously, especially on the plotting and also uh, personally, I think it got more influenced by the Western horror, if I'm not really mistaken, but well, maybe feel free for PR or maybe Andika if they have also some opinions on it, especially Pia, I have dragged her to watch some Indonesian movie, maybe, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to watch some really good horror films um she she recommend i think the only actually she gave me a really good long list but the only one that i got to actually watch with you were the kuntilanak films the remake ones we haven't seen any uh, of the originals right we saw, prequels, we saw the right? one yeah, yeah we saw we saw the, <laughs> Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> really funny guys by the way you should you should watch it but the Susanna films are, are kind of out of their time because they 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 were made from what I know they were made around the time where you know all the other horror films were exploitation films but hers was more it was more, it was funnier it, it was it was more humor it was more humorous mm. right when, when so, was so that like 80s um that's not sure well the early 2000s i remember like how my mother always forbid <laughs> me to watch indonesian horrors because it has you know so many vulgar scenes and stuffs but i think <laughs> around 2010 they got even better and like they stopped using you know that tacky kind sort of thing uh in the movie and started to focus on the story more or maybe is it Joko Anwar's era, I think, that really that was this uh, Joko Anwar's thing. era was like 2007, I, I think, ish, right? Yeah, 2000. When, when did he come out with uh, Pintu Taklarang, wasn't it? Uh-huh. And especially uh, after the success of, what is it? I forgot. The, the Enslave. Uh, uh, yeah, Satan. Satan, Satan, Satan Slave. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, People right, right. start to take it more seriously. That was, yeah. that was 2017, that's true. Mm-hmm. I think outside it, of Indonesia too, genre films, especially horror films, kind of get that bad rep of being just like, you know, B-class films that aren't really regarded as much. <laughs> well, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, right, right. So that was actually yeah, my, my next section, kind of, <laughs> kind of, as well. Yeah, yeah, like talking about like horror film subgenres, because I feel like, I feel like, yeah, like there's... Horror, horror itself is not very, you know, mon- monolithic, monolithic, right? There's a lot of, a lot of subsections and subgenres, and mm. even like, yeah, horror enthusiasts, they, yeah, they like certain things. They, they have 
sometimes they have preferences for certain things, right? Like people like body horror or like folk horror or something like that. Uh, like I, uh, I, I, I know a guy who who likes a lot of B horror films and like very very obscure B horror films. Uh, so it's not so something like that. Yeah, people people like this kind of stuff as well. So what what, what can you say about like uh, horror film subgenres? Like what do you know about them? What, what, what which ones do you know? Like which ones do you prefer? Or like yeah, what can you say about them? Like Natasha or Pia or even Dika as well. Okay, uh, so. Have you guys ever seen the movie Crimson Peak by Guillermo del Toro? Mm, no, I haven't. Maybe Pia, our yeah. walking horror dictionary. No, Mom, walking horror dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I love Guillermo. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. So during its um release campaign, right? Uh, I think the the studio Universal heavily marketed. It as a, as the scary horror film, whereas I think Guillermo del Toro acknowledged it as more like gothic romance film rather than a full-blown horror movie, right? So I'm just kind of curious, I guess, because I think it kind of relates to what Bondan was trying to discuss about this sub genre of horror and whatever. How do you guys think audience should try the balance, I guess, between horror film and genre films with horror attributes to it? Like, let's say that. We know that Crimson Peak is essentially a gothic uh, romance film with like horror elements into it. So, what do you get? How do you guys feel about the distinction between like this uh, horror movie and this like um, like body horror film or like uh, something like that? How do you guys kind of balance that? Right, I guess. I guess just to start a little bit. I also found it interesting how, you know, well, you know, like the, it is another thing entirely, but like, you know, the new, like the, the new Doctor Strange film, like the, yeah. you know, the, the multiverse of madness thingy uh, mm-hmm. by, I think Sam, Sam Raimi as well, actually. Uh, and, it, you know, a lot of the marketing buzz around it has been that, oh, this is the first Marvel film with horror elements, right? Like, it supposedly is gonna have a lot of horror elements and like it's gonna be horror so yeah i mean like this is just uh just not yeah just a side uh side point but like yeah i mean this is kind of related to what nika was saying about like things with horror elements and you know what can can we even like can we even like draw the boundary boundary between like things with horror elements but or can we even like yeah where we draw the lines between things with horror elements and like pure horror or is there is, is there even such a thing as like pure horror what do you think like natasha and like pia i would love to hear if, if you don't mind Nata, i would love to hear what you think about this first like well, what maybe about- you can start it first no are you for real <laughs> I, feel like, yeah. I feel like my answer is gonna be super like textbooky <laughs> yeah. i mean a textbook answer seems oh, not <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think? Um, well <laughs> from my from my point of view um 
from my point of view, which is also like something that I read in a book somewhere. Right. Um, <laughs> like I, genres are just ways of, you know, in essence, cataloging films and making them more easy to market and stuff like that. Right. Um, so it's it's great to have genre bend, bending films, like especially you talked about, you know, the 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 multiverse Doctor Strange movie that's gonna come out by Sam Raimi. I mean, Sam Raimi is a guy who did Drag Me to Hell, not that I mentioned earlier. He also did right. Evil Dead, that he yeah. mentioned earlier, but he also did Spider Man and Spider Spider Man One, Two, and Three in the early two thousands. <laughs> you We're know, not talking about three, but yes. But we remember that I think I, I can't remember if it was one or two where, where you had the Green Goblin. Was it the first one? First one, yeah. Right, th- there was a lot of horror elements there. Right. There were shots yeah, yeah, that yeah. looked straight up like horror films from the 60s. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This also applies to Jurassic World, the second one. That was made by, by a guy who's actually a really good horror director. Um, who did the uh, the Hallows? I can't remember his name. But... Colin, Colin something like Colin. Ter- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Colin Trevorrow. I, I just go go. Yeah, I think, I think um, and so when you watch the second Jurassic World movie, it also ends up looking like a film. There's scenes that straight is straight up taken from uh, a teenage werewolf. Is that yeah, American teenage werewolf? Something like that. The title. Um, so, you know, genre bending, it really depends on, on who's created the film. I, I really think it's it's really fine, but I, I huh, talking about whether or not there's true horror in right. essence, you know, you, you draw the line, no, not you draw the line, but the boundary so far has always been what causes you anxiety, and more so with philosophical you know the, the philosophy behind the genre is essentially escapism from real life anxieties you know fear at the root of it is anxiety and that's something that's really really powerful so um, yeah anything that goes under that can be filed in horror and if you know some other genres want to take elements that induce anxiety then why not <laughs> right yeah 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 I you mean, know what Fun um, to add to it, Cronenberg actually did a romance. Um, the great body horror god did a romance. Uh, and you, you mentioned Cronenberg, right? Okay. Yeah, and it's it, it was on Madame Butterfly, and it, it, it was great for someone who hates romances like me <laughs> to take a romance film and shoot it as if it was a horror film. I think it was my but anyway, yes. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Like shooting a romance film as a, like a horror film, you you said. Yeah. But did he play it as, like, uh, yeah, it's like a romance, pure romance, or is there any underlying, underlying like uh, creepy elements or something like that, or is it just like um, straight up romance? No, it's it's I haven't watched straight it up. Yet. Are you familiar with the story of Madame Butterfly? It's essentially about uh, it's this Orientalist romance between. Um, a local, I, I think, Chinese woman with uh, a British, a French diplomat. Mm. And and Cronenberg, because he's so used to the horror pacing and the horror 
jump cuts and the jump scares you know there's a lot of it like especially the transitions between the scenes where, where she's like waiting for the guy and suddenly you jump cut to him doing something else and you're like <laughs> i i enjoyed it so much so <laughs> right that's interesting yeah natasha do you have anything to say about this i think personally back to uh Tika's question I personally think horror works with so many different genres and right. I think it just adds a kick of excitement on it. You know, even even for example, I don't know if you guys uh, are familiar with this movie, but me and Pia, we watch, you remember we watched that uh, one movie of Doraemon? I think. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah that, the, that was so good. Doraemon yeah, and the, the castle of what? The Nobita and the... And the Nobita and the Legend of the Sun King. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah, so nice. Children's movie. <laughs> okay, interesting. interesting. An, an element of horror on it. Like, it's like about Doraemon versus this witch uh, that use a black magic. And I, I don't know, it just works. It has it's a really scary opening, guys. Like, <laughs> on Doraemon. Don't expect Doraemon to come up in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not expect Doraemon to be mentioned, but yes, interesting. Oh, guys, like I would start. <laughs> no, no, that's that's such a good opening. It starts with just like this establishing shot. I still remember it of an Aztec pyramid, and you just hear this witch's laugh, and it's just so scary. The laugh itself. <laughs> uh, hands down, I Doraemon see, I see. film. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the conclusion is certainly horror elements work with different things as well. And yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, as much as Guillermo del Toro wanted to kind of shy away from, you know, uh, Crimson Peak as being pure horror. I don't know if I could say pure horror, but like just horror as the marketing, marketing like uh, genre. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it ha- probably has horror elements right Anika yeah but yeah, yeah but the, the, the thing is I guess the uh, I think uh, Guillermo has has no I think has no he, ha- he has no involvement in the marketing side of right. Crimson Peak he, he mm. wants he, he envisioned he he envisioned this Crimson Peak to be like this tragic uh, romance film about you know about yeah it's absolutely this. a romance film that's true yeah yeah but uh, I think that uh, Guillermo had no say in any of the marketing uh, during the release campaign of uh, Crimson Peak, and I think he was actually kind of outspoken about the way that Universal handles the marketing. You know, he, right? He so it's it's mostly right. because, yeah, is his attachment as, uh, you know, a historically horror director, kind of right? Yeah, yeah. But when when I think I remember uh, seeing Crimson Peak with. Uh, bunch of my friends because i thought that it was going to be like this scary horror film right but when it turns out that it was actually a romance film i like it disappointed <laughs> yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of my friends were kind of disappointed and found that it was not scary the way that the marketing and the trailer and the teaser piece so yeah i think there's really i guess a, a gap i guess um with the way that um the uh, the gap between the marketing and the actual product itself but i, I still oh. think that it's actually a horror film in a way but i think the romance uh, genre kind of took over the horror side of the thing i, I see yeah i'm guessing i'm guessing that 
the shape of water isn't with Universal then. I wanna I wanna ask Nata about this because Adika had a good point about horror being a genre that sells really easily and sells really well. Like uh, it, it was just something that you were saying about how they were market Universal was marketing it. I would guess they did it because horror actually sells really well. And I kind of want to hear it from Nata, like what she thinks. Like, what? Why does horror sell really well? <laughs> well, I think personally, people like to be scared. You know, they enjoy <laughs> it. Why is that? Like, they <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I have, like people yeah, like I, to challenge their adrenaline. I guess I don't right. know. Like it's I, so easy, even in Indonesia, if you want to do a movie, like it's better a horror. I, I, think, I think I think I may have a little answer on that kind of because like I have every time I ask people if they like horror, like horror films, they always say that no, I don't like watching it alone. But if if it's with friends, it will, yeah, I, I would like to watch horror because like it's fun to watch it with friends. So I think. Uh, yeah. The reason why it's that quite quite successful, yeah. I mean, you and like uh, some other people as well that I asked. Like, I think the reason that it's quite successful in like the- theatrical releases is, yeah, is because of of like horror as like a communal experience, kind of right. Like this, uh, people getting together and kind of. I think like, together, you know. yeah, yeah. People's reactions kind of you. Could, <laughs> so it's kind of like a theme park, kind of like you're right. going to do fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You kind of you, you can kind of feed feed off people's reactions when like. That's I mean, interesting. It, it's I guess it kind of plays into how we uh, how humans kind of like to see other people suffer a little bit, right? <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's called bit, morbid yeah. curiosity. It's called morbid curiosity. Right. So it's a bit more like kind of like oh enjoying to see your friends suffer. <laughs> Or like Hello. enjoying to see your fellow fellow audience suffer a little bit. And you kind of I mean you are scared but at the same time you see other people are scared as well and you kind of feed off that energy. <laughs> so then, yeah, I, mean, I, I get it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Although although some people do also like to watch horror alone, right? Uh, yeah, because so, yeah. I think, you know, as soon as you were like, I think people <laughs> love it because they love to see other people's reactions to it. Right. They, they love yeah. to check out each other's reactions. I was like, I think my, my personal favorite horror films, like my absolute good ones, I won't be able to watch with anyone, you know. Like I probably have two friends that I know I can watch these horror films. <laughs> why is that? Is it because it's more? Yeah. Why is that? Um, um, just the theme. I think, like I, you know, like I, I said, I, I like creature flicks and and body horror. That's something that freaks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think, I think I think some horror films aren't. Uh, some horror films are not really great communal experience, but they are. That's also, true. But, they, but they're still, they're still good horror films. Like yeah, I remember, yeah. I, I remember watching Ari Aster's Hereditary on theater, and people didn't really react that much, to be honest. <laughs> but but it was all, it was still pretty scary to me. Uh, it was still did pretty you, harrowing. Did you watch it in Japan or in Indonesia? Uh, Indonesia at the time, I think. Because a lot 
a lot of the scenes have been cut down and censored right. death in the in Indonesia ah. screening. So really? Bad. Because because it was yeah. still I don't know about that because it yeah, was yeah it got pretty, censored as I remember. I see. It was still pretty oh, graphic though. Didn't was, really understand. It's still pretty graphic though, like all the all the, the deca- scene, yeah. decapitation. How much of it? Yeah, how yeah, much of it was there, and how much of it wasn't? Oh my of, god! I think it's I so many. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, it's just like Midsummer, if you remember. That's Midsommar. why. Yeah, yeah, Look, Midsommar. Midsommar, yeah. Midsommar. Midsommar was like heavily edited for Indonesia. I remember that because I watched it in Indonesia as well. But like Hereditary, I. I Was it really cut down that much? Because like it was still pretty graphic when I watched it. <laughs> I think I actually remember watching Hereditary. I think in Italy, so I I I don't know what happened. <laughs> But yeah, it was still pretty scary for me. Hmm. Well, yeah. Why did they cut out Hereditary? It's a little bit different in terms of you know uh, that most horror movie is very jump scary and. Yeah. Using that voice effects and everything, but I think Hereditary, if I'm not mistaken, is the other way around. They don't really use that kind of a thing, so people don't really have, you know, the warning or the time to react. Right. That's why they got pretty think, flat, yeah, I think, I uh, Right. I think I think the horror of Hereditary, Hereditary, when I watched, it was just the feeling that the main characters were always watched. They weren't all. They were never alone. Like if you see the background shots and stuff, yeah. there, there was always someone watching. There was always the the cult. Yeah, it's kind of a spoiler, but like yeah, there was like the cult is always watching. But yeah, something like that. It's pretty scary when you look back on it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think that was pretty scary. Uh, yeah. yeah, going back, going back to horror film subgenres a little bit before we move on. And it, yeah, you any any like. Uh, horror subgenres, horror film subgenres that uh, y- I wouldn't say you prefer, but like you, well, you like you know you di- you dive into a lot. Like which horror film sub- subgenres that you you like m- a little bit more than the others? Anyone, Natasha or like Pia especially, or like Natasha? I, I want to hear from Nata. <laughs> I think I've been talking about. You have any subgenre? I love horror drama mm. a lot because you know, just like you said, we like to see people suffer with right. horror drama, how they emotionally scared. You know, <laughs> we enjoy people seeing people suffer. You know, I think in horror drama, I can see them suffer more than the other time. <laughs> any, <laughs> any, any, like any, any favorite? Emotionally, um, like the haunting, right? Yeah, the whole house. Right? I also oh, love, I love the Babadook, if you remember. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I was bad impression, Babadook. <laughs> and Mama also, I think it's quite creepy and lights out. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lights out, I remember. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, actually, lights out. I remember because some characters were actually pretty smart. Uh, uh-huh. like, it's, it's the un- of Emily Rose. It's incorrect. Characteristic. Oh, yeah. Emily Rose the Emily cool. Rose is great. Yeah, I like the way that they blend the. Uh, I think what's the genre called? The uh, the courtroom. Uh, the a mockumentary. Yeah, yeah. Oh. The found footage. You mean? No. 
No, no I, it wasn't. It wasn't found footage. Yeah, sorry, because I haven't watched it. I was just. <laughs> 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 that's that's also an in- interesting subgenre, by the way. All oh, right, found footage. footage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, well, what's 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 out of the found footage genre anyway? Blair Witch, right? Yeah, Blair Witch. And then um... what? Paranormal Activity. <laughs> No, oh, there's one that I recently watched, Hell House LLC. Ah, I see. <laughs> I see. Hell House LLC. LLC yeah. is like the company thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, because it's it's about a, a traveling haunted house company, Hell House LLC. That was that was quite nice. That was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, we, we think, talk. Uh, sorry, you uh, I get kind of. I was trying to, I was trying to, looking for the definition of the genre of Emily Rose, and what the words that I'm looking for was legal drama. Uh, the phrase that I was looking Ooh. for was legal drama. I think, I think, I think what Not makes that. Emily Rose legal so great that was, was the legal drama. <laughs> yeah, I think what makes Emily Rose so great was how carefully balanced the legal drama and the horror kind of mash together, and I think that makes it a really great horror film in a way that it's not really a horror film it's, it's not just a horror film but it's also a compelling drama as well you know i really i really like that film so much that's true yeah. All right. also, i enjoy about horror drama is because you know you can see i'm all about the character development so you can see from uh the perspective of um the people so from them being fine to them being hopeless. I just, right. I don't know. I enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. You enjoy seeing people suffering. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Understandable. <laughs> Understandable. Have a nice day. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, I'm just on the Wikipedia page for horror films. Understandable, have a nice day. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm on the Wikipedia page for horror films, and they 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 list the types of horror as like I think they the body ho- body horror, comedy horror, folk horror, comedy horror. horror, gothic horror, natural horror, slasher horror, teen horror, slasher horror, slasher horror is actually quite, yeah, it's it's an entire really nice. Horror. It's really yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, the Tex- the Texas Chainsaw Mass- Massacre. I've been mean- I've been meaning to watch, but like, yeah, I haven't. I've fe- I've heard I've heard great things about it. Would you believe me if I told you I haven't seen that? <laughs> no, actually, no. no. <laughs> For real, I haven't seen it. Texas. I I haven't seen I haven't seen most of the. Um, um, these were the seventies serial killer murders, right? So Texas Chainsaw. Uh, and then there was a right. night, uh, Freddy. Freddy. There was Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that. I haven't seen them. <laughs> I, I, oh, you mentioned seventies and serial killer. I guess. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned how horror cinema history is always quite allegorical to what is happening in the society at the time. And yeah, seven, the seventies was certainly a time of serial killers, right? Yeah. <laughs> like there was a lot and of what, serial killers. I have time. seen more um um the the more immediate ones i've seen the last house on the left and i spit on your grave because mm. because yes, yes, those yes. feel more 
real <laughs> to me. Okay, this is gonna sound weird, but when it comes to serial killer, I feel that I prefer them to be real and not cartoony like Freddy. Oh. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so not not the slasher villains then. No, not not slasher. You know, not right, the slasher yeah, yeah. villains, not the yeah, cartoony yeah, yeah. ones at least. <laughs> I, I, I saw I saw a meme on Twitter where it says like like 70s serial killers they don't know that they're making content. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they didn't know that we're making content. <laughs> no, just, I'm just, oh, no, yeah, that's very dark. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like a lot of a lot of true crime podcasts and stuff like that. It was also revolve around. 70s serial killers. I know, right? It's a, it's a time where they didn't really have good vor- forensics, right? They didn't have good, like, forensics and fingerprints and stuff like that. And serial killers can just do whatever they want <laughs> at the time. But yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I guess also we can also kind of... I mean, horror in cinema is certainly a wide topic, wide, uh, you know... It has a lot of a wide array of topics that we can discuss, but we can also kind of move on to uh, horror in other mediums as well. Like um, I'm quite curious to see what what you know our panelists experience in you know uh, like ho- horror in other mediums, like like video games or or like uh, literature and stuff like that. So I guess we can start with. Video games, I suppose. Do any of you play horror games or something like that? I do. Sometimes. Oh yeah, we do. Maybe sometimes. Yeah, okay, Dika, Dika, what, what do you play? Okay, uh, I think I played Outlast and the sequel. Also played uh, Alien Isolation. That's a horror game, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I played Alien Isolation as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil Seven. I love that mm-hmm. game. Oh, right. scary though. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. I can't remember other games that I played though. I think those like three are the ones that pop on my head the most because I kind of find them so scary, especially Outlast. <laughs> I uh, okay. I, I I Alien Isolation is always very memorable to me because it's the first yeah. game that I I played with my headphones and. <laughs> and I, it's always I, I always tell the story, but it, it's always because the, the audio design in that game is so good that, like, something because I was using headphones and something happened behind me in the game, like so it's like a noise, like a noise. Uh, yeah, there was a noise behind me, and I, I actually turned around in real life because the audio design was that good, and I couldn't. Yeah, it, it was very scary, <laughs> and yeah. resident. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really love the alien movies, you know, Alien and the Aliens as well. Right. Uh, the, the, the Scott Long and the James Cameron one. And to kind of put myself as like the Ripley, quote unquote. Uh, Ripley's as, daughter, I, I think, right? In the game? Yeah, yeah but as I, I think when I, when I like put my shoe as her, and I kind of find it. I think exhilarating because I like the movie and I want to experience what the characters went through in the movie and I I found that in the game perfectly. Yes, it's right. really a good thing. I really enjoyed it. Okay, You're right, 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 right. Also, I played Resident Evil Seven, at least the beginning parts on in VR, in virtual reality. Oh. 
yeah, it was interesting. It was, <laughs> it was too real. It's, oh yeah, it's like too too much for me. It was, yeah. it's fun. It was fun, but it was for too much. Uh, yeah, was uh, not, was scary as hell. <laughs> yeah, especially on VR. Yeah, well, uh, what about you, Natasha? I think you mentioned yeah you like to play horror games as well. Well, I played some such as Resident Evil and uh, Fatal Frame, if you knew. And yeah, 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 yeah. Recently, yeah, yeah. I just finished Dread Out, an Indonesian horror game, and I think it went viral. I after PewDiePie played it in 2018 or 2017. I think Dread Out was essentially Fatal 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 Frame, wasn't it? Yeah, the local the, the localized Fatal Frame, I think. Like just. The main mechanic is taking pictures of ghosts and stuff mm-hmm. like. Yeah, but I just I don't know I just like the character design of each ghost and how they manage to depict each urban legend. I think right, yeah. they took Bandung's urban legend as the story backgrounds and I don't know it's just very enjoyable and creepy as heck. I just I enjoy th- it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I hear it's a good game. I hear it's a good game. And even if it, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has. Okay. What, what, what do you think? Can you elaborate on the movie? <laughs> do you like it or not? <laughs> um, if I have to compare it to the original game, uh, I don't really like the movie. I think because it's. I don't know. It's just quite different. I think the storyline from the game. So I just don't really connect with it. I think Did you horror. watch it? I think I have, but I forgot what I've seen. I think I remember not liking it, and but that's that. <laughs> I remember the characters being very annoying. So I was just like, uh, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Somehow it turns. Turns out to be some like you know tin lit or you know like it's just weird in some way. As someone who plays the game, I was like, wait, wait, why is it different? <laughs> is it a, is yeah. it a different game? Yeah, I think I think like horror video games especially is very hard to adapt into live action films, right? I think it's just horror video games is kind of its own entity and. How it tells the story and how it makes the player like the players as the actual characters and you know put it put them into the actual game right put them into the actual story so yeah it's definitely very hard to adapt like we've seen a lot of adaptations like the Resident Evil series like the live action ones and kind of I think the Silent Hill uh, games also got adapted right and I, I don't yeah. think that was very memorable <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can we can discuss that a little bit more. But like, Pia, do you play horror games? I don't play many games, like just in general. <laughs> right. So actually, I kind of rely on their film adaptations, like you, Silent Hill and Resident Evil. For me, I I I really enjoy the adaptations and also the Resident Evil <laughs> adaptations. So yeah. I, I guess if I had played the games, I would I would have enjoyed them. So because like you said, games are more immersive. You you really get to make your own decisions and choose it. And in a in a horror game, it falls short. 
<laughs> and it makes it even scarier. <laughs> I think it's not only because it's our own decision. It's because a lot of these games are linear, right? There's only one path to the story. I think it's more about just having it be more like uh, kind of the, the player's own. They, they place themselves in the characters more, I guess, because... Yeah. Because yeah, they're they they're the playing. Point of view, essentially. Yeah, like the yeah 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 yeah. So I yeah. I remember uh, hearing Tia. I think you you played Death Stranding, right? But that's not a horror game, or is it? <laughs> Maybe it has horror elements. <laughs> it has horror elements. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it it's not a horror game. Or is it? It's not. It's not a horror game at all. I would say it's. A but 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 but. <laughs> if we're if we're but, talking if we're talking about Hideo Kojima, Hideo Kojima, yes. you know, we can talk about PT. I don't oh, know if, if any of you played PT. I've heard of PT. PT is so good, man. <laughs> I I played it. I played it for a bit. Like I play. I played it for a bit. I didn't and? finish it because, like, actually, to finish it, the, to to finish the actual demo, like PT. Okay, for you, some of you that don't know, PT was like the the playable the playable teaser for the new Silent Hills game by Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro and Junji Ito as well. So yeah, there was like a playable teaser starring Norman Reedus, but yeah, it, it got canceled and stuff like that, and uh, Kojima left Konami, whatever. But uh, like PT was, yeah, PT was just something special. A masterclass. Yeah, it was a it was a masterclass and it's really good. It was really scary. <laughs> okay, I I played for a bit. I played for a little bit, but then I I I deleted it because I I got <laughs> I got too spooked out. I got too spooked out. I got too spooked out. Especially the Silent Hill series, the creature designs are always so amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I know PT because how? <laughs> yeah, like oh, actually, to finish PT, like I remember, like to finish PT because I watched some videos on it. To finish, to, to finish the actual demo, you have to, like, you have to do some like really specific steps, and then you actually have to. Plug in a plug in a microphone into your controller and speak with the ghost with your voice. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff like that, and I think it's something that horror in video games can only you know achieve. Like like just also uh, yeah yeah. So so in in PT you you actually have to speak to the ghost to finish the game and stuff like that. Like also in in alien in alien alien in alien isolation there was also. A mode like that. Do, do you know Dika? Because in Island Isolation, there's also a mode where you can you can connect your controller, and you and like the 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 the, the xenomorph actually listens to your microphone. Breathing. And if, yeah, and if you if you if you uh, if you scream and stuff, it can hear you. But yeah, it's stuff. Stuff like that, stuff like that. It's certainly some wow. Stuff. Like stuff. yeah, the interactivity. I think that's it. That's what makes yeah. horror games really scary. Yeah, stuff like that. Because you get actually. to interact real time. Yeah, stuff like that. It just yeah, makes horror games like just their own entity, and sometimes it can even be scarier than films. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Silent Hill Two. Like I haven't played it, but like I've heard great things about it. So I've been really meaning to play it as well. Uh, 
Yeah. Any any other exp- any other favorite horror games and stuff like that before we move on? Okay, then I guess we can kind of move on to horror. Yeah, yeah. We're we're still on the topic of horror in other mediums. Like anything that comes to mind. The, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, I guess, manga. Like you know, I think I think okay. Pia loves loves Junji Ito as well, right? So we can talk <laughs> about this a little bit. <laughs> uh, cries in the corner. <laughs> What do you What do you mean by that? Uh, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why, why Why do you like Junjito? Like yeah, Junji. Yeah, Junjito. It's just they're great drawings, man. <laughs> and I I think um the stories are just so outlandish and so out there. Even though um you mentioned this once actually, Bunda, that that usually Junjito doesn't really know how to end stories. Yeah, especially if they're like his he's his, his longer stories. Um, yeah, that's yeah. why they're usually short stories because he he, he he dude can't really. <laughs> but he, yeah, yeah, it's a valid. But con- it's amazing. <laughs> but it's amazing. It's a valid criticism that Junji Junji Ito can't really end his story that well. He his endings are usually very uh, either very abrupt or very out there. <laughs> the abrupt endings work with his short stories, but yeah, with yeah, longer right. stories, they're not as satisfying. So that's why the, they're like. What was the uh-huh. the what, the one I told you about the Renima, right? Or the, the Re- Remina, the Remina, Remina, Remina. Yeah, Remina, Remina. also ended. It ended abrupt. very poorly. It ended yeah, very poorly. like the, the the one with the uh, where uh, yeah. They ran a t- like a space capsule and and just like out there. <laughs> Uzumaki also Uzumaki also ended pretty abruptly. Although I I, I, I don't rem- I don't really remember the ending to Uzumaki. The what one, was the ending to Uzumaki? The one where uh, the 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 entire town become a spiral like a s- spiral city and and like ah. uh, and the end was basically like uh, the two main characters the boy and girl kind of going into like this spiral entity and mm-hmm. and they become absorbed by the spiral entity and that's it. So it was very it was very it had, uh, yeah. very abrupt. I don't remember the ending at all, but it had such a good build up. Like I I can still vividly remember some and in fact I have it I have them <laughs> on my laptop my iPad case here. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I guess Uzumaki scenes. Right. I guess Junjito's Junjito's stories are appealing to people because they describe it as cosmic horror right I feel, I feel like that's the label that people attach to Junji Ito and I, at least for me that they, they do make you quite anxious because they, they Junji Ito kind of brings a lot of fears that people didn't know they might have right like uh, Uzumaki Uzumaki like the the the, 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 the the you know the scare of Uzumaki was like spirals, like just a bunch of spirals, and like uh, some of his stories deal with like uh, I remember, like yeah, some of his stories deal with like being watched or like not having any privacy or uh, if I recall correctly, like just like even being scared of uh, like sea creatures. You remember Gyo? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Gyo. 
like yeah, <laughs> the walking sharks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, what do you think? You know what? What's what's really funny? That's that's a really funny discussion about cosmic horror because right, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Cosmic horror in its purest form. <laughs> we're talking about. I, I mean, if you're a purist of cosmic horror, you're gonna be thinking of H.P. Lovecraft, and that's like essentially fear of the unknown in its craziest form. But then there are all these, um, you know, the trickle-down effect of cosmic horror over the course of history, you know, after, after Carpenter, after Cronenberg and all that. These days we have cosmic horror, like you said, Bondan, that actually don't dive into these great fear of the unknown, but actually dive into your small anxiety. Right. Kinda like, which is what Junjito is all about. Like, have you ever been afraid of getting your clothes stuck on the door handle or been afraid of, you know, just getting your ear checked out by the doctor? There, there's your, all your, these. Yeah, your head little... falling off. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember one, that one. There's one Junji Ito comic called The Red Sweater, which is just about wearing a sweater that's thick <laughs> that's like too tight around your neck you know a turtleneck that's too tight and your head falls off so <laughs> on the short right. story one right but yeah one, I think we, <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> like some of his best stuff are the short story one like yes the balloon, like the balloon one like the that's true the, like the balloon head the, the the big head balloon thingy <laughs> the stitching like, one also the stitch family stitched together yeah uh, <laughs> army of army of one right army of yeah. i don't know i don't know mm, or something, I don't not army of one was, i don't know but yeah yeah something like that. well where people are stitched together or something like that. yeah yeah, yeah. and also yeah. the story that you showed me be the woman who emerged with a house i think it's one yeah uh, that one creeps me out like oh my god <laughs> that was it, so nice yeah that's the thing about Junjito. like his horror it's very absurd in a way yeah you know, it's very weird Right. Like Bonan said, like it makes us realize that we are scared of something we never know. Yeah, yeah. Fear, fear of the unknown. That's the origins from uh, cosmic horror and the weird and weird. Cosmic I, horror had that yeah. other name of just like being weird horror. So, I, yeah. think, I think I think one of his most iconic works is also like Enigma of Amigara Fault, right? The the one where I don't know if you read it, but like the one where uh, there's like a hole. Like there are there are holes in the shape of humans and people are drowned in drowned to into drowned to enter those holes and just yeah. kind of disappear and die and, <laughs> yeah i think that's like kind of yeah i think that, that, there was a term for it like there was a french term for it like just kind of the the allure of jumping into the abyss or like sometimes, yeah. sometimes you the void, the void. Yeah, the call, call of the void. Yeah, void, I think there's a the call void. of the void. Yeah, like where sometimes you, you're in a moving traffic, like you're you're on the side 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 of the traffic, and you kind of get the urge to, what if I, what if I just kind of step forward and get hit by a car, or like if you're on the tra- on the train tracks, or what if I just jump and kind of get hit by the train. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's too dark. I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, there, I think that's the point. Uh, you know, um, the what should I call it? The Enigma fault. What what fault? There, there was, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was actually uh, out of context, out of topic, but there was actually a, a tangent. There was actually a contemporary art his uh, art artist that 
did a sculpture based out of that comic book. So he, uh-huh. what he did was that he made a, a really long tunnel, made out right. of brass, and it's in the shape of a human being. And you have to walk from end to end. And now the tunnel's really long. It's like, I think. Wait, so it's like it's like it's like an installation where you actually have to yeah walk. yeah exactly it's an installation. Hell no! <laughs> and it was it was put at the exhibition space of the Uffizi in Italy, and and you had to walk from one end to another. And I think it's right around around twenty 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 uh, twenty five meters long. And fuck, I didn't make it to the end. I think I only went in like a, like not even a meter because it's oh, you, really you scary. There. You were there. Yeah? Okay. I was there. Like it's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's anyway, very yeah. claustrophobic as well, right? Yeah, because it's made out of brass. Everything's pla- painted black, and it's the shape of a human body. So, so you don't really have much to, room to move. You kind of just have to move forward. Do you remember the but, artist's name? Just to damn, I don't. I don't remember it. I, okay. I bet there's not much. I'm, I'm trying to look it up though. See, I see. Yeah, I think that's like the the essence of cosmic horror, and like cosmic horror itself, it can be an entire point of discussion in itself. I think, yeah, like yeah, like I don't know, like Nika and Natasha, do you are you guys familiar with cosmic horror, and like are you, or do you have any favorites or whatever? Well, Pia introduced me to cosmic horror, and basically I read yeah. from her list. She gave me like a bunch of lists. Oh, you should read this, and you should read that. Yeah. Oh, do you have any? Yeah, you have any favorite or like any anything that that's you know, anything of note on that? Well, so far I enjoyed it in the manga form, like Junji Ito's short mm. stories. That just yeah. what comes into my mind right now, because cosmic horror is very you know, wide range. I think. Yeah, for At sure. At some point, sure. like. I think I think I also read. Uh, color out of space, wasn't it? Like the Lovecraft one, Pia. Have you read that one, Pia? Like color out of space. I don't think I have. Which oh, oh color out of space. That's where yeah. the colors come out of space and end up in a well somewhere in western, uh, southern America, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where it's like, wasn't it like a meteor coming down and like like? It wasn't like... really a meteor. It was oh yeah yeah. People saw it as a meteor, yeah, but it's it was... supposed to be alien life form. Right. It's always like. Of people like I think it was a family discovering it, right? That's true. And suddenly, <laughs> slowly, <laughs> yeah, they they, they met they, their deaths. <laughs> they, they saw a color that wasn't that wasn't in any visible spectrum that we can see. Yeah, and hijinks ensue, I guess. And yeah, I, oh, I didn't um, I didn't even know like a color can be, you know, a subject of horror. <laughs> so that was interesting. <laughs> Oh, so out of context, the artist was Anthony Ormley. Ah, okay, like the one where with the Junji Ito installation. Yeah, and it's called the Passage. <laughs> it's I literally see. called. <laughs> I see, I see, I see. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovecraft stuff is certainly, you know, he was. Yeah, he can be quite controversial if you see oh. some of his history. But yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's certainly the pioneer of a cosmic horror a little bit. Although if you if you look at religious religious texts and stuff, you can call them cosmic horror a little bit as well. That's <laughs> yeah. true. That's true. Cosmic <laughs> horror is pretty much rooted in religion. It, yeah. it in fact it talks about religion a lot. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, by the way, 
I want to talk about the phrase. I want to discuss about the phrase um, "elevated horror." Have you guys heard the phrase um, "elevated horror"? Maybe Bonda heard that phrase. Yeah, I think I think I think yeah, like uh, some of the horror films that was released. I mean, the the, the first thing that kind of came to mind is I don't know, like eight twenty four films and yeah, twenty four yeah. horror films. Like yeah, I think I think you're gonna mention yeah yeah. Continue. Yeah, I think when Get Out came out, right? There was this whole parade of people labeling Get Out and Us, and even The Witch and other uh, A24 horror films as like this elevated horror. And I think the phrase might refer to the rise of quote unquote artful horror movies, where it's trying to do more than just the good old uh, horror with jump scares. You know, basically, I think the phrase was. might want to separate the Conjuring franchise or the Saw franchise from films that are that are considered more artful, I guess, like Hereditary and The Witch, Get Out, etc. How do you guys uh, yeah. Feel yeah, yeah. about the like, labeling of these recent trends of quote-unquote elevated horror films? Do you like the phrase? Do you hate the phrase? Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I mean, just <laughs> just to start, I guess, like, kind of, kind of dismiss a lot of, a lot of, you know, horrors that came before, right? Like, just kind of horror that have already seek to seek to, you know, achieve those things, but may have not been labeled those things, like just uh, like elevator horror. Like elevator horror kind of just seems. like an elitist term a little bit right because you kind of just yeah. box box a group of film into this elevated form of you know whatever genre it is but i think yeah. I, that's just me speaking as an outside like a, an outsider to horror and uh i mean just the first thing that came to mind when you said that well yeah 824 horror films and Every Aster films like yeah, Hereditary and Midsommar, but also kind of like the Robert Eggers, The Lighthouse kind of right. Like I mean, The Lighthouse kind of has horror elements, and you can kind of think of it as horror as well. But yeah, uh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, but I, I'm more curious on to hear like what Natasha and Pia has to say about this. You guys have anything to say about this? Well, I think by stating a movie as elevated horror, it somehow set a standard. Right. Yeah, like it makes you uh, expect something more than just a general, you know, uh, jump scare and stuff. And I think it's quite a good label. Like for mm-hmm. now, recently I am more into elevated horror, if you can say, because just like Dika said, it's more artful, tasteful, and it's not just about A ghost that scares you, and then boom, done. I think I think the problematic part, just I think the problematic part from that is just like uh, stating that it's a recent thing. I think we should just we should establish that you know this you know you know this quote to quote elevated horror, it has been a thing from the very start, right? I mean, if, if you can even call like. What you know, Pia mentioned about the German German expressionist horror films and uh, horror films of the of the the past has been have been elevated horror films. So it's not really a recent thing, right? Because horror films have been trying to allegor- allegorize, like you know, uh, 
social anxieties and and like just the general zeitgeist of what people found people people find scary and stuff like that so yeah i think that's the problematic totally part right yeah yeah um have you guys heard of the carl theodore dreyer he was it have you guys any of you what was it sorry uh dreyer carl right. theodore dreyer he was yeah. a danish author I, I and he he made films in the 20s all the way to the 50s and um what he did was essentially that <laughs> that elevated horror <laughs> he did films about vampires he did films about Jean d'arc um and you know so <laughs> it has been around from the beginning of horror films and it, it's going to stick around so Uh yeah, I, I don't really think much about it. I I, I kind of heard it and then I dismissed it. <laughs> I, I think like, it's yeah. more I think it maybe it's more about the subversion of the current trends uh, of the previous trends, I suppose, right? Hmm. So it's more about like, oh, yeah, what was popular in the 2000s were dub scares and scares. going yeah, fast-paced and going through something that's more slow-paced and atmospheric. We haven't been right. using that word. We haven't been. Yeah. Yeah, even like the 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 film that I mentioned as my yeah, co- yeah, kind of favorite horror film, Candyman was also yeah, you ha- definitely didn't rely on jump scares and stuff like that. It's more about like the story of Candyman and and what what the character meant for the community and stuff. So, yeah, it's certainly not a recent phenomenon. I think that the problematic part, I think what Anika was trying to get across in asking this question is more about like uh you know it being a recent phenomenon in which case it isn't right dika yeah yeah for sure for sure natasha do you have uh, anything to say about this my god it's not <laughs> now we can just joke around, I guess. No, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, no. oh, you know, oh, I want to hear about what are your your favorite scenes? For, oh, what's what's like the first horror terrifying? What's the most terrifying scene that you can think of, and from which film? I'll I'll go first. Um, yeah, go mine first. <laughs> is the scene from <laughs> from La Llorona, um, the 2019 one. Um, it was it, it La Llorona is essentially atmospheric horror and the scene was when we're introduced to so okay i'm gonna just spoil the movie a little bit but we're introduced to the La Llorona character who's like these guys as one of the maids of the family and so we see her walking around at night wearing all white with a re- really long hair which is like a very stereotypical um <laughs> ghost figure i guess supernatural ghost figure but imagine this that you're just looking at an empty house in the middle of the night it's totally silent you're enveloped in this tracking scene where you're going from one end of the house to the other really really slowly as if you're just walking through your own house at night and then you see this figure just walk over also really scared slowly and then she stops in front of you and she stares at you damn chills down my spine <laughs> i see so what, what was your question again like just like uh like a horror what's scene the most that... terrifying scene that you can remember like at the top of your head 
Uh, well, I can I can I, I can say about like what was the, fa- the my first horror film that scared me a little bit. I, it was when I was younger. It was the 2002 film Ghost Ship, I think. Ghost Ship. I don't know if any of you watched it, but it's uh, <laughs> it's an whole it's an old horror movie, right? Yeah, I think it's 2002, 2000. early, early 2000s. But like, yeah, like Ghost Ship was. I remember the opening, like the opening of the scene, uh, the opening of the film. We literally get to see pe- like the entire guest of the ship, like of the cruise ship, gets cut in half. Cut cut in half, I think. Like so, we we see people. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember what happened, but we see the, the entire, the entire guest of uh, of the cruise ship gets cut in half, and and then uh, yeah, I don't know, I I think yeah, it's it's a weird part of my childhood that I remember, like, but like the ghost ghost ship was, I think my first real scary horror film, uh, yeah. <laughs> Nika, do you have any 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 scene like that, like the, the scene? That, um, uh, I think on top of my head is uh, the scene from the first Evil Dead movie, where I think one of the girls was possessed by this spirit, right? And have you guys seen the Evil Dead movie, the first Evil Dead movie? Yeah, yeah, the the yeah, old yeah. one, the 1980s. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, the old one. Yeah, I think there was the scene where where one of the girls was. Kind of possessed, and somehow the ghost takes her to the basement. But along the line, the basement was actually uh, covered in—I don't know. I think the basement door was closed because they were trying to keep her out of their sight. But I oh. think the ghost, yeah, I think the, the the spirit was not happy with being kept in the basement, so. She just kind of like knocks the hell out of that basement door until eventually the basement door just kind of open up and we kind of see her face and that face. I think the prosthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I, I, I think I know. I, I think I know that face. Like uh, it's in a lot of big like stills yeah, and yeah, yeah. gifts. Yeah, right? yeah. I think that aside from you know the old uh, Japanese horror films and the. Thailand horror films where the ghosts are just plain scary. I think I find that ghost in Evil Dead the scariest. I, I think I think the work, the makeup artist, that did a, a great job portraying the ghost. And I think when the movie is rebooted in 2013, I guess by Fede Alvarez, and I think they were trying to recreate that scene with like a high with a bigger budget. And I think it kind of replicates replicates the scariness that the original Evil Dead uh, that uh, that that scene uh, the original Evil Dead scene and they trying to re- reboot that scene again in the two, 2013 remake and they also did a great job in the remake as well. But I think the scariest part is still the uh, the first Evil Dead film that that basement right. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, Natasha, do you have any scene like that that you that is memorable? What comes on top of my head now is the "Drag Me to Hell" scene when the gra- the granny, the gypsy ghost, appeared oh, on the back seat yeah. of the car. Yeah, yeah, she appeared like out of a handkerchief, I believe. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And curse the lady chanting the spells and stuff. Man, that movie makes me scared. <laughs> it scares me to death. Like I remember I'm scared of grannies after that. I was like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess a recent scene like that was the Ari Aster's hereditary when 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 the son was in the foreground and like the the mother was in the in the background on the ceiling on like this on the oh, on the yeah. on the corner of the ceiling yeah, 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 yeah. and it wasn't even mentioned there wasn't like the thing with jump scares are, are that you know usually jump scares has a cue right like usually a musical cue or something mm-hmm. like a, like a transition cue but like that scene it wasn't even addressed like the, the the mother was just on the background. Just there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was just that so was really so spooky. Man. This was scary <laughs> for me. I think that the, I think those are like scenes like that are the scariest horror films. Uh, the, the, the scariest horror scenes for me, which I can't really think of any other scenes like that for, for now. But like you know, horror scenes like that are certainly the scariest ones because like when when. When the scene, when when the scary part is not even addressed in the film, like when when it's not even like acknowledged, but you have to notice it to know, yeah, that's like that's scary for me. <laughs> I also want to talk about the first Insidious movie where the satanic-looking demon. Uh, oh right, Apple, yeah, 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 yeah was just there for a second, and it was yeah, behind it Paul was, Wilson. Yeah, it was a very clever jump scare to me. And I think yeah, that's, I, that's, I, that's a that's a that's a that's I think that's an example of a, a good jump scare because right because like yeah, I think I think I think on I think if I recall correctly on that scene the the, the camera basically just transitions between the yeah the, the the other character and then the the guy the guy character and then just kind of transitions between the two for a bit right. Until finally yeah. we see the we we see the demon thingy, right? Yeah, at, at first it was like a a conventional conversation scene, but I think James Wan elevated it into much more uh, scary uh, conversation scene where like a demon appeared for just one second, but it was really scary. <laughs> right. It was it was a really intense conversation that was going on. I I uh, yeah. <laughs> That that really took the the whole scene to the next level. Not that oh, mentioned yeah. that she loved Insidious. Um, um, we love Insidious. <laughs> yeah. We can. But yeah, I guess, I guess we can kind of also address that fact. Like, I feel like jump scares have always been admonished in you know, like just kind of like the f- film circles and maybe some some horror circles that they they really hate jump scares but do you uh, especially especially natasha and pia as our 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 episodes horror enthusiasts like do you, do you guys like do you guys like jump scares or do you, what do you what do you think about them do you, do you think they have value like what do you think about jump scares well i guess in terms of value they do have value but as long as they don't really use it too much, you know, like not in every single scenes they have a jump scares yeah. and I find. And of course, in terms of the music, you know, the Indonesian movie has this uh, 
habit of using jump scares with the really really huge volume gaps like they can go from zero to 100 in just uh, in a blink of an eye right. <laughs> yeah. like it's just your, so disturbing your ears yeah and how about you pia do you enjoy it or you despise it or what i think like you said it has to be well crafted yeah Yeah. I, I think maybe it takes it takes it takes it skill. Need, <laughs> it, it needs to have a good setup, right? It, it needs to get a good. Needs to have like a setup and like an actual cue that will maybe happen. So when it happens it hits more. I suppose, right? So yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it certainly has value because I think it's a staple in the modern horror genre. I, or even like not even the modern horror genre. I think maybe jump scares have been around for a bit, right? <laughs> But yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, because we want a good horror movie, not a hard attack yeah. after the movie. You know what? What Insidious? Uh, this is because I read the script. But I know this. It, Insidious. The the opening credits to Insidious actually it was a snippet of a, an ACDC song, and so they they kind of. That 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 I notice it also in the jump scares, you know that. Oh yeah, you know that's Yeah, how heavy songs. I don't not that you might be able to to explain more because I don't really listen to see, but I see a correlation between the the music and the good jump scare. Right. Yeah. 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 Certainly, it's a lot of, a lot of yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's well crafted, then certainly it still has value. I think, and yeah. For sure, for sure. I actually enjoy the cheap jump scares when I watch horror films in a theater, because I, you know, back to your point about seeing people's reaction in horror films. Right. Yeah, I, I, I just find it thrilling when seeing people just kind of get spooked by the jump scare, even not even from the the cheap ones, I guess, even if they're not like fulfilling, I guess, but just seeing people's reaction to it just. I don't know, it's kind of makes me happy in a way. <laughs> yeah, as as a communal experience, jump, yeah, jump scares are yeah, as a communal communal experience, jump scares are always quite fun to see. Yeah. Especially if you're if jump you've scares. already watched the film before and you're oh. accompanying someone watching it the first time. What are the cheap jump scare films, Tika and Nata? You guys probably know best. <laughs> I want to hear more about them, and I I would love to actually watch. <laughs> I I find it a lot in uh, Indonesian horror films, especially yeah. from a certain studio. <laughs> But yeah. if we mention, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Also, I guess if we're talking about Indonesian horror, yeah, we can also kind of talk about Indonesian horror, Indonesian horror films. Like yeah, again, we, we we have some you know some international audience that may be interested. Although I think I think Indonesian horror Indonesian horror films are getting more popular, right? Like in I think Pia mentioned that in Shutter, in Shutter and stuff like in the streaming service Shutter, Indonesian yeah. horror is getting more recognition. That's is true. that right? Yeah, yeah. Ratu Hilmu Hitam I don't yeah. know, a award or something. <laughs> yeah, even even before something. even before the current boom is 
yeah, yeah. Indonesian horror is uh, is all like its own kind of sub genre a little bit like people like horror enthusiasts would look look yeah would look you know for so yeah yeah we can kind of discuss horror Indonesian horror I think the one I think the the ones the, the Indonesian horror films that are taking off in the West are the ones that are uh, quote unquote elevated horror films I think I would consider uh, Joko Anwar's Satan Slave or Perempuan uh, Tanah Jahanam in Petigor as quote unquote uh, elevated horror film but that's true yeah I think my expectation right when watching an Indonesian horror film I would love to be like jump scared to death you know but that's just me <laughs> and I find <laughs> I, and I find that uh, Satan's Slave and Impetigor was too artful to me and I think it was tailored to I guess uh, other audience outside Indonesian So hmm, I, that's I, interesting. I I I don't I don't really have uh, I don't really love the trend of artful horror films like currently residing in uh, Indonesian horror films right now. Because, yeah, but that's just me. I love the um from uh what what's it called uh, Ratu Ilmu Hitam remake. I love mm-hmm. that because I I think uh it it was it was trying to care us in a way that it's not trying to be artful you know you, you kind of see that uh, the special effects in um, Ratu Ilmu Hitam is not as great I think as uh, Joko Anwar's Fate Slave or Petigor but I think that's kind of part of its charm I guess what do you think like especially Natasha and Not yeah <laughs> yeah Natasha especially who's uh, the Indonesian horror connoisseur <laughs> Well, I kind of agree with Tika somehow, like, Joko Anwar really popularized this elevated horror genre. And I realized after uh, this Satin Slave trend, Tika, do you realize that after that, most of Indonesian horrors are all about families living in a haunted house, being cursed, and etc, etc, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think it's still going on until now and uh, after it went into more, you know, it it is more influenced now to the Western horror, like so many Indonesian horrors really quote-unquote copied Insidious. Even uh, the ones that you mentioned earlier, Tika Danur, do you watch it? Yeah, I watch it relig- religiously. <laughs> oh, oh really? Why? Yeah, because because my friends were so into it, you know, the whole mythology and the whole, you know, Risa uh, affinity for, for the ghost and just because my friends like it, I guess I like it too because I find they seem to enjoy it so much. So I thought, why shouldn't I, you know? <laughs> A lot of my friends re- really enjoyed that franchise. <laughs> So by by religiously, do you mean like you actually follow the lore, the lore and backstory and stuff like that, or what do I mean? What do you mean? I I, <laughs> I tried, yeah, yeah, I tried to follow the lore and etc. But uh, I guess I, when Danur first came out, uh, it was this. It was I think one of the biggest uh, horror films ever in, in Indonesia. It, it was yeah, the best-selling ones, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it was such a phenomenon because it was built as this like based on true story ghost movie, you know. And I think the the aspect of like the supernatural aspect of it, which people claim to be real, I think I find it to be awesome, really, because the way that Indonesian horror films are so connected to, uh, I think, our spiritual connections to the other world, just makes it more thrilling. I myself don't actually believe in ghosts, <laughs> but. I think after yeah, after seeing that movie, you know, even though I still don't believe in them because I haven't seen one myself, I I, I just kind of respect them a little bit more, you know. And I think uh, that's why because I don't, I think that's why because I did not quite enjoy the Joko Anwar first uh, version of Impetigor. I think is is I think he quite lessens I think lessens the impact of the. supernatural and traditional uh, horror thingy in, in, in the village and I don't know, it, it was too artful in a way that I think it should be more about mythology, I think. I don't know, I, I think I'm bubbling. <laughs> no, no, very valid and interesting. Yeah. Also, talking, I, I'm the same as Dika. I haven't seen a ghost, and I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really believe in it. But <laughs> Natasha, <laughs> what can you say about that? <laughs> I, I feel like I, I think you mentioned something about like you having some real life experience with ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know <laughs> because of that. It just makes me have. This habit of comparing the character design to the real one. So once they try to be so you know over the top with the makeup, I'm just like, <laughs> it's just like so funny. <laughs> what do you what do you see about the what what do you know about the real one anyway? Like the what what do you see? Like yeah, well, yeah I, I don't know if I can ask this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, even the real one, yeah, of course it's way more scary, but. You know, like it's 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 real random. I watch a movie in a one of the theater in Jakarta, and like there's a ghost there, and even <laughs> yeah, even even they are laughing. Like, is this really how we portrayed in the movie? It sucks. <laughs> ah, interesting. We didn't see. We didn't look like that. It was like okay. Well, the the disappointment. Of media <laughs> representation of media. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they it's interesting. What people look like? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's interesting because really, yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't really had an experience. I mean, to be honest, I still really don't believe in ghosts. But like, I, I do know some people. Yeah, yeah, some people do can see ghosts. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the thing about Indonesian movies sometimes they are trying too hard. You know. trying too hard to scare people with the jump scares, with the makeup and everything and it turns out not good in a way. Mm. So the the real ones that you saw, like they're more subdued, they're more kind of grounded. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, what they look like. What do you think? Well, creepier but not tacky at all. You know? Nice. <laughs> creepier but <laughs> not tacky. Okay. I heard 
heard you say that Insidious captures like the the experience of what it's like to interact with them, but creature de- like creature design, <laughs> you know, like like cre- yeah, I guess creature design wise, what do you is think true? is more accurate? Yeah, that's why I was asking you like, is this guy can see ghosts because it's really the way he depicts the how they thought the other world, the furthermore, I think. Yeah, it, it's really it looks exactly the same like the real ones so i was just like how do you know that this is what happened there oh and, yeah we should like dig info yeah. or like ask the dude or email him or yeah. something <laughs> yeah okay to give to give okay this may be a little sudden but like yeah to give context to our audience yeah i here can see Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if you if you've come this far in the podcast then yeah, you you're you're walking into this one. Well, yeah, kind of yeah. So that as well. But yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, very very interesting. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think about um May the Devil Take You? I think it has some of the best Uh, imagery. I think character designs of ghosts, but that's just me. What do you guys think about the character design in uh, May the Devil Take You? Because I really think it has some really scary-looking ghosts. But what do I you watch... think? <laughs> uh, interesting question, Dika. But yeah, uh... <laughs> no, I, I, I really, I really, I think it, I think, I think, uh, I think it's uh, the best Indonesian horror film. Yeah, I watched. I, I, I watched. I watched the first one. I watched. I only watched the first one. Uh, is, yeah, is, but yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't it also kind of inspired? I mean, I, I, I felt. I, I haven't watched Evil Dead, but it was. Yeah, it was probably a lot of inspiration, heavily, right? It was heavily inspired by Evil Dead. Ah, but uh, Nata, do you think that the ghost portrayed in May the Devil Take You? Is actually accurate to the ones that are actually out there. Well, actually, it's great, but I kind of agree with Bondan that it's heavily influenced by the Evil Dead. But okay. I think in in the Devil May Take You, it's more look like a zombie to me. I guess. Yeah. So it's, it's not like which, which is essentially ghost. like Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah. So local, it's like an elevated Indonesian ghost. ghost. Local Indonesian ghosts don't look like that. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. If yeah, not, they look, they, do they just they, do they just look like humans then? They just kind of. <laughs> uh, what? Sorry. Do they, do they just look like humans, like normal humans? Yeah, but some did not. Some looks like you know that we are creature. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. what did you, know? you know, like, favorite? <laughs> your favorite that kind of creature, that weird creature. Some of it looks like that, but Ooh. the most, the ones that I see mostly looks like humans, but deform somehow. Mm. But I see the good ones too. Good ones? What do you mean the good ones? <laughs> you know, that looks exactly like. Human, just like maybe, just like you, me, and Pia. That's why sometimes I ask Pia when I didn't wear any glasses: Is that a human or is that a ghost? Ah. I love how you went, just like you, me, and Pia, but not like Dika. 
Adi kan Ke sama ke Ukraine Eh, asy asy asy. Suddenly we change into a supernatural podcast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's interesting like just talking about horror so far, but like we have a panelist that, you know, that that supposedly has, you know, has any has a has a supernatural connection. So it's really interesting. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, I guess Uh, we've basically covered all bases that we wanted to talk about for this episode. So, any any final yeah, thoughts? Yeah. Or any how about words? like Nata? Do you have anything else that you want wanted to like talk about tonight? Like any topics or subtopics? <laughs> I guess it will be too much. It's enough for today. I guess. I feel bad oh. for the listeners though. Like, what is this from a movie and then a supernatural <laughs> podcast? Yeah, <laughs> and then humor. Yeah. yeah, we 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 basically kind of at the end there. I'm so, we apologize. We kind of delve into the more the more supernatural stuff, but you know it kind of it, it's it comes with the territory, especially with horror. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Genre bending podcast. Yeah, it's a genre yeah, bending podcast. Genre I mean, podcast. I mean, I mean. To be fair, we did talk about video games and and Junji yeah. Ito and manga and stuff like that as well. So it's, I mean, this is a film club, BS film club. But you know, we talk about a variety. It's a of BS things. film club. Yeah, that's a BS film club. <laughs> yeah, and we we plan to talk about you know a variety of things, and uh, not just films. Uh, even though we're called the film club. You know, just that—that's just the marketing title. <laughs> yeah, it's the BS that counts. Yeah, <laughs> that counts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any any closing words, or are we good? Uh, we can just close it out if you want. But like, I guess it's been a quite a productive discussion. I believe. I even, you know. So. Hello. Uh, Surprisingly, yeah. has. <laughs> yeah. I so, know, right? Yeah, yeah. I was re- really expecting it to be no thoughts and empty, but. <laughs> Turns out I had too many thoughts. Maybe next time I should drink. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. If you, again, I I always say this in multi in all of the episodes. But if you make it this far, if you make it this far, like this far, thank you. Like you're amazing. And uh, uh, what are you doing with your life? If you're listening <laughs> until this point, but now I'm just joking. But yeah, thank you. Uh, and. I guess, uh, yeah. Uh, see you next time, and uh, follow our Instagram at broadly underscore specific. And yeah, we're, we'll talk about a variety of different things in the in this podcast. So just looking forward to that as well. Uh, I guess thank you. Peace.